0: Now, back to the Mulberry Lane Show on the Mighty 1290, brought to you by Elisa Ilana. Once again, here's Mulberry Lane.
1: Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry on the Mighty 1290. Well, if you're anything like us and millions of others, it's not the holidays until you play Mannheim Steamroller. And Mannheim has a CD for just about every holiday. And Grammy-winning composer, musician, and founder Chip Davis really needs no introduction. But suffice it to say, he rewrote the soundtrack to Christmas, made holiday music cool, and millions of families, like yours and ours, have built our holiday traditions and memories around his music. And today you're going to hear not only about his Christmas music, but also about the Halloween music as well. Chip Davis is here with holiday cheer, Halloween tunes and scary full moons, Christmas delights
2: and hot chocolate nights, Mannheim
0: Steamroller.
2: Welcome to the show, Chip.
1: Boo. Boo to you, too. <laughs>
0: Just as long as it's not Boo-Hoo.
1: That's right. Boo is much better than Boo-Hoo. Well, Halloween is right around the corner, and Halloween is another big season for Mannheim Steamroller. Now, you have a big Halloween party every year. So what inspired the very first Halloween disc you did a few years ago?
0: Well, the way I kind of look at it, it only took me 25 years to figure out there was another holiday besides Christmas, you know. (laughs) And Halloween is probably even more of a favorite holiday of mine Mm -hmm. because... You know, Christmas started off very simple. We did a few shows down at the Orpheum, and it was kind of neat to do some Christmas shows and things. And then it turned into, like, it's really busy. <laughs> yeah, I
1: bet. Mm-hmm. And,
0: which I can get into more after Halloween, but it's crazy busy. And Halloween, you know, has always been such an interesting time of year. You know, the fall and the whole senses, you know, um, you've got wood fires going. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, all the senses get hit really well around Halloween. And, you know, there's something alluring about the whole spookiness of the whole thing. And, you know, I wanted to start doing some stuff for my kids was what started. I have three children. They're now pretty well grown and I don't do the Halloween party as much as before Mm -hmm. when they were little. But with the kids, you know, it was fun to do some Halloween parties. I started doing these Halloween parties where I would take hay rack rides out. I live on a 150 acre farm and all my neighbors Pitched in, and the, the dads and the other farms drove their tractors over, and we had hay rack rides and would drive the kids through the woods. How and, fun! And had scary people. A lot of the people that work at my company, are pretty scary by themselves anyway, but then, <laughs> <clears throat> that they would come over in costume and then be scary people out in the woods and freak out the kids. There
1: are probably a lot of great memories with all that, too, yeah.
0: Absolutely, and my kids, even today, I mean, 21 and 16 and 13, they're like, Dad, are we having a Halloween party this year? <laughs> it's like such a favorite thing, and I may try it again next year. Or something. Uh-huh. But then I got thinking about a soundtrack for Halloween. And it's like, okay, well, Christmas, we know about Christmas carols. Sure. But Halloween, what's the music of Halloween? Mm hmm. Where are they?
1: <laughs> right, that's true. And no so, one has gathered it all together.
0: Yeah, so I had to sort of make up a repertoire that I thought might work for Halloween. And so I started coming up with things like The Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh-huh. All of the Mountain King, stuff that had sort of a spooky innuendo to it. To begin with, the way I constructed the music actually is like right ride of the Valkyries. That's the violin parts on that at the beginning are like. It's all those tremolos mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And I had to punch those notes in one note at a time into my computer. Wow. And I did it right off of Wagner's. So the opening of every piece was is authentic, right from the original scores of the various pieces. Wow. Then once I got into the tune, then I started manheimizing it. So mm-hmm. then it would kind of like kick into gear. The drums would come in, you know, on the bass and the synthesizers and all that, and then play the tune like that. So, you know, it was kind of a sort of another kind of way of doing Christmas, but at Halloween. Uh-huh. And it just kind of took its own shape. And now we've got it out and about in retail We don't have as big a window to sell Halloween. So, I mean, it's probably never going to do the kind of numbers that Christmas does. It has like a six to eight week window. Right. So I've only got maybe a couple of weeks, maybe the month of October is basically when the rack jobbers start putting it out. You know, Walmart's very supportive of us, for Uh example, and Target's very supportive and many of the retailers. But like I say, there's a limit to the window that we have. And I now have four or five Halloween products altogether. My favorite is Halloween 2 because I also did a DVD of a spaceship abduction that comes down at Halloween time and abducts a bunch of people and, like, takes them up into the sky and it seems real spooky and they get up in the sky and it turns out to be a dance club.
2: And is that the instruction video too, the dance instruction Yeah, it
0: video? has the instruction too. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, we shot that at Crowbar, the big dance club over in Chicago. Oh,
1: how fun. And
0: uh, yeah, it was really, it was a lot of fun. I don't know if it's more fun to watch this stuff or actually go do it. I mean, you guys would understand that, being yes. musicians and all. Sometimes it's more fun just doing it than yeah. well, yes, that's hearing true. the result. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: awesome. Now, when you compose and arrange, you're a drummer. So do you start with rhythms or do you start with melodies?
0: It depends, you know. I, I do it different ways, different times. Sometimes I'll get a rhythm groove, and I'm you know, I usually have a song in mind that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot like right now, I want, I want, really want to do Cats in the Cradle, you know, Jimmy oh, Croce. Yeah.
1: Classic, kind of. yes.
0: So i get a groove sometimes in mind and kind of get a bass line going and create an intro and then go into the tune and then bring that funk back from the, you know, the rhythm and the bass and the various Mannheim type sounds, harpsichord and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing leads to another. One door opens another part of the tune and
1: now, is it more organic for you, or do you kind of have the whole concept in your head before you start?
0: Sometimes I have the whole concept in my head, and I actually map it out on a legal pad. I use form structures. I, You know, I graduated from University of Michigan Music School, and, okay. and I learned how to analyze forms and form structures and all that, and I use various form structures, which actually helps you quite a bit, because in Sonata form, in an ABA form, you know, you really uh-huh. only have to write one thing that's different is the bridge, because right. once you write the A, then you can use the back A to be the same thing, so... Uh-huh. You You know, and in rondo forms, there's repetitive stuff, and then there's a C part that is different. But anyway, yeah, I use form structure to do a lot of that stuff, map it out, and sometimes I draw it in graphs, too. I mean, it's like I'll use like a big crescendo, building the tune not only in rhythm, but maybe in texture and volume and everything else. Because, in fact, that is what a Mannheim steamroller is. It's a crescendo. Yep, it's a crescendo. It's the
1: 18th century musical term, right?
0: Yep. Okay.
1: And then, so like on the graph, would you graph when the instruments come in and things? Okay.
0: Sometimes I draw a straight line and go like, okay, this is going to be about, I think it's going to be about four minutes, you know, Uh you know, from doing this yourselves, time sensitivity is kind of a crucial issue too, because you can wear a tune out. Yep. I'll draw a straight line. And then sort of figure out how the form is going to break up, and then I'll put a hash mark in the various parts of where that is. Then underneath it, I might start drawing in the orchestration. Like it's going to start with drums and just hi-hat maybe, uh-huh. and like building up like a 16th-note rhythm. And then the kick drum starts coming in, and then the bass starts coming in and with, mm-hmm. the, with the kick drum. And, and then as it goes, then it might play the tune through once, and then the second time it comes back, the whole thing's fully orchestrated. So it builds as it goes. Sure.
2: Uh-huh. And then you really have a map
1: mm-hmm. and the crescendo.
0: Yep,
2: there you go. <laughs> and I have to say that I love how on the Halloween CD it says, deranged by Chip <laughs> Davis.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a decomposer, too.
1: Especially this time of year.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry on the Mighty 1290. We're chatting here with Grammy Award-winning composer Chip Davis. Now, Mannheim is about to embark on the 27th holiday tour here in a few weeks. And you have two ensembles touring. Can you tell us about the tours this year and also about the first time in Vegas for you?
0: Yeah, sure. Actually, we have four major events going on during the holiday season this year. Well, more than that, actually. But from the tour standpoint, there are two tours that will be going out doing 94 cities. Okay. So the tours are going to be very active throughout the whole United States. The big new thing Mm -hmm. that I've gotten that I'm really thrilled about is I got an opportunity to do Las Vegas at the Venetian. And we're doing seven days a week, and I think there's two shows a day on about four of those weekdays. Okay. Since it's going to be in one location, I get to do all kinds of trick stuff like illusions that I've tried to use. I could do it when we were parked at the Orpheum. I had a couple of illusions I could do with scrims and things. But uh-huh. when we're touring, you just can't do that. The you venues to take all take it
1: down different. and set it back up mm-hmm. and all of that, yeah.
0: So now I'm going to be able to do that and make things disappear and appear and like stuff that you'd expect in Las Vegas, not to mention the fact that I've got acrobats in it. Oh, okay. nice! there will be Russian girl acrobats flying, hanging upside down on trapezes, playing giant plexiglass violins that are all lit with blue LEDs.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, and, now, uh, did you come up with all these concepts, too? Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Yeah, and then I lucked into the best, partner uh, in crime to do this with. Her name is Ann Madorma and she's a choreographer for Cirque du Soleil. Oh, Oh.
2: excellent. And
0: so she has a really good handle on who the talent is out there Mm as far as that kind of stuff goes for acrobats, for dances. Luann and I sort of dreamed big knowing that we had a really decent budget to pretty much do about anything we wanted to do. Mm.
1: Now, are you in rehearsals for that?
0: Not yet. It starts on November, I think I go out there about the 16th.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And then the show opens on the 20th, and I'm going to be at the opening. Okay. And I was hoping to stay for a while, but I have to go that night after the opening fly across to New York, and then we're in the Macy's Parade the next day. This is the third
1: straight year, right? Yeah. And that's pretty unheard of.
0: Yeah. Actually, they only allow you to do it once. And so last year, when they asked us back a second year, it was a shock. Mm-hmm. And then this year, it was even a bigger shock because we figured, well, that's that for that, you mm-hmm. know? And it's such a good gig because, as you can imagine I mean, the visibility, Thanksgiving Day, who isn't watching the Macy's Parade?
2: Right.
0: Exactly. So I'm thrilled that we're going to be able to do Macy's again. And then I'm going to my whole staff and crew were having about 50 people for Thanksgiving dinner after the parade. Wow.
1: So do you cook the turkey?
0: I have done that. I love to cook. Wow. And um, we had about 40 or so people. And I had a couple other characters in the band that liked to cook, and we kind of did the whole deal.
1: Uh-huh. I bet that's so fun. Yeah. Such we a family atmosphere, too. With
0: wine and all that, you know, and... Traditional type stuff, you know, I really kind of get into that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, Chip, before we let you go today, our theme for today's show is balancing work and life. Now, you're a dad, and how have you managed this with your whole music career?
0: You know, my kids pretty much come first.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And they travel with me a lot.
1: Oh, that's nice. And they'll
0: visit me, like, when I'm down in Orlando at Universal, my kids will probably come down one or two weekends. Mm-hmm. And back when they were little before school, I mean, they went on the road with me, too. Uh-huh. And now my oldest daughter, Kelly, works at my company, American Gramophone, and she's in charge of our Internet business. So, like, she'll be there covering the Macy's Parade and all that and doing a blow-by-blow for our Internet coverage. Great. And so, you know, they're involved in there, all three of them. My youngest is 13. Her name is Elise named after Beethoven's four Elise. uh uh-huh, okay. Elise is very musical as far as sight reading. She's awesome on the piano sight reading. That's a and great
1: talent to have. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's unbelievable. She's the best of all of us at uh-huh. doing that. Evan is very inventive, a monster guitar player, He takes lessons from Glenn, who plays guitar in one of the steamroller bands. Okay. Uh So, you know, the kids are involved, and then there's usually an excuse. Like when I went to Las Vegas to set up the uh, Venetian thing, Mm -hmm. Evan went with me. He knows the people out there. You know, they're kind of involved. So even though they're in school and all that, they still try to stay as involved as they can. And And
1: that's such a good experience for them to kind of experience all of this firsthand.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Mm -hmm.
1: So, Chip, you've done music children's book food items is there anything you want to do that you haven't yet um
0: when you get those many balls in here, you know just keeping them going is a trick
2: <laughs> I, i'm sure i
0: don't know if i want to add any
1: more <laughs> i might drop something, a
0: couple other ones to do something that. tells
1: me you can't help yourself from adding more once you get the inspiration and the idea you'll
0: add it you know the thing is i think this show in las vegas is my new toy yes and I've got such a great partner in Luann. She is so creative. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to do stuff with her because she comes up with stuff as fast as I do. And it's like, whoa, this could get dangerous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be really neat to see what the two of you come up with over the years. Okay? I'll,
0: I'll be anxious uh-huh. for you. If you guys have any opportunity or the listeners have any opportunity to see that show in Las Vegas, it's like what I tell people now, it's not a show and it's not a concert. It's a spectacle.
1: It's a spectacle.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. It's fun to see. It's for sure. Uh
2: Well, that concludes part one of our interview with Chip Davis. There's more where that came from. You're going to hear part two
1: next week. Right now, we're going to give away five of Mannheim Steamroller's Halloween 2 Creatures Collection. It's a three-disc Halloween party pack just in time for Halloween. The first five callers at 402-342-1290. That's 402-342-1290. The first five callers. Coming up, our chat
2: with Lori Langdon, CEO and owner of Elisa Ilana Jewelry. You're listening to The Mulberry Lane Show on the Mighty 1290.